Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast, your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. It is great to have you with us once again. Uh, We are just chomping at the bit this week to uh, bring you the latest in gaming news reviews and everything in between i am joel jb fury Shane. i'm very happy to be here and with me as always we have the dg crew introducing the pc gamer the sultan of steam he'll happily spend 500 hours plowing your fields it is fergus <laughs> fergamon <laughs> hamilton jb fury how are you mate welcome to the program fergus thanks for having me mate Yes, what have we been playing this week, Ferg? Uh, I've been playing Guild War 2 this week. So I think it was last week I was talking about playing a bit of Lost Ark and the MMO Mitch, the MMO itch, rather, which may rear its head. So, yeah, I've jumped back into Guild Wars 2. Um, yeah, it's been, I think, about seven years since I played that last. So I jumped back in, wow. give it a go. Um, still have a full-time job. Um, girlfriend and dog <laughs> haven't left me. Um, so well. life at the moment... For the time being, still pretty good. Sounds like you've got you've got it all made, mate. <laughs> <laughs> also with us, we have the gaming chef. He's coming through the door and then flying out the window. It is Simon <laughs> Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Simon. Yeah, that's, that's me. That's the only way I go is through the door, out the window. It's easy. It's effective, and you don't have to find the back door. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very, very good. Finally, we have the Nintendo Queen. Her island is covered in weed, and that's the way she likes her Animal Crossing. It's Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Oh, hang on. Simon's walking over here. What is it, Simon? What are you doing? Me? Ah! All right, mate. All right. Settle down. Settle down. Uh, Oh, my God. It is uh, she who shall not be named. Welcome to the show. Oh, I don't even know. (laughs) That's the funniest thing ever. I know. It was not a good thing that actually happened, but that is the best soundbite and is the most topical and wonderful thing you've ever done. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome, and it's great to have you on the show, Casey. How how's your week been? Have you uh, have you managed to get in any gaming time? Yeah, we've been playing a bit of Kirby here and there. Um, that's about it, really. It's mm, in between headaches and coughing and all that other stuff. <laughs> yeah, so we've just yes. been playing some Kirby, and yeah, it's going pretty well. It hasn't really gotten too much harder, which is a bit a bit unfortunate, but we'll see how we go. Well, fantastic. We've, we've actually had a really, really big week in gaming news. And uh, right off the bat, i got, I got to confess, I got done big time uh, on April Fool's Day, uh, uh, jumping on the uh, Discerning Podcast uh, 
Descending Gamer podcast Twitter feed and uh, I got sucked in big time. I uh, responded to a tweet where uh, someone had said that uh, Sony had actually purchased uh, from software and uh, they were now going to be exclusive to uh, to Sony and uh, they got me hook, line and sinker. So, uh, I thought that was real. Uh, no, whoever you are, well done. Uh, good work. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for making me feel like the biggest dickhead ever. Um, <laughs> so when this next news dropped, it was uh, for me, I was, uh, I was really careful to try and vet this before I decided to air it on the podcast. But um, we've actually had news of a, a brand new Monkey Island game, uh, Return to Monkey Island, arriving in 2022 from the original creator, Ron Gilbert. So uh, I don't know um, if all of the rest of you are as big a fans of the series as uh, myself, but I've played every um, iteration in the Monkey Island series from the, the original uh, Curse of Monkey Island all the way up to... Uh, the ones that were released by Telltale Games, which um, yeah, were probably left a lot to be desired, to be honest. But um, amazing, amazing franchise, the Monkey Island games. And um, home to one of my favourite video game characters of all time, it's uh, Murray the Evil Demonic Skull. Uh, have you guys uh, heard Murray's work before? I haven't heard Murray's voice or work before. So just to give you an idea, uh, this is some of Murray's work. Could you pick me up so I can bite you? Uh, so basically, uh, Murray is a is a disembodied skull. He's lost the rest of his body uh, under the ocean, and um, so uh, he still thinks that he's the the scariest sort of uh, soldier on the planet. And uh, one of the the earliest um, interactions that you have with with Murray at the start of the game goes something like this: Can I call you Bob? You may call me Murray. I am a powerful demonic force. I am the harbinger of your doom, and the forces of darkness will applaud me as I stride through the gates of hell, carrying your head on a pike. Stride? All right, then roll. Roll through the gates of hell. Must you take the fun out of everything? So, you got to understand, in that, in that particular scene, uh, Murray is just a, literally a skull only, sitting on a, floating on a wooden plank in the middle of the ocean, um, so it's um, yeah, it's quite uh, quite amusing. Um, but uh, is that the same skull that was in the uh, trailer for the new game? That was it. Yeah. Uh, could well be. Could well be. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so the Monkey Island iconic point and click adventure series developed by uh, genre heavy- heavyweights uh, Ron Gilbert, David Grossman, and Tim Schafer. Uh, it's coming back to life this year with Return to Monkey Island, and better yet. Gilbert and Grossman are in charge once again, ending a 30-year absence from the franchise they helped create. Return to Monkey Island is said to ignore every Monkey Island game of the last three decades in favour of acting as a direct sequel to 1991's Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge. Uh, Did uh, any of you happen to play LeChuck's Revenge back in 1991? 1991? Well, I was two years old, JB. So, no, I didn't get to play that one. Um, no. Familiar with Monkey Island, never played the games. Um, <clears throat> I think, yeah, the only LucasArts Monkey Island sort of team-related game I played is Day of the Tentacle, which is another point-and-click classic. Um, yeah, amazing game. Yeah, that was great. Just the art style and just the sense of humour in that game. You know, the story of that one, I think it's you and a few mates who are 
stopping an evil purple tentacle from taking over the world or something. It was a world domination type story. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that game. Yeah, like I said, it was just the voice acting and the sense of humor and just the outside in those games is unreal. So, yeah, I think it's really good that the OG team are, are back together and, yeah, interested to see how that one turns out. What about you guys, um, Simon and Casey? Is this uh, one that you're likely to have a look at? I tell you now, <clears throat> I feel really a bit silly about this because I never got into these games when I was growing up. And I mean, it's kind of frustrating because I know that there's a huge following towards them. And I always had friends that were really, really into Monkey Island when I was growing up. I mean, it's hard to believe that I had friends at that age, but you know, I did. (laughs) And they were really into it. And I was just kind of like, oh, you can't jump and run. I don't like this. You know, being, I was still a mad Sonic fanboy and I was really into my Mario. I just, I didn't want to differentiate from that formula. So I never played those games, but I'm really interesting to see um, that that game come to life and what it has to offer because I know, I mean, I've heard you talk about it before, Joel, but I've, uh, like I said, I've grown up a lot with people liking those games. I'd love to get into them and, and just see what they're all about. Oh, yeah, I've never played it. So, well, um, no comment. They they talk about um, that that this new uh, this new series this new uh, entry into the franchise is going to take place uh, directly after the installments cliffhanger ending at the end of Monkey Island Two. So, at the risk of spoiling that ending for you, um, it's revealed that uh, the main protagonist and antagonist of the game, uh, being Guybrush Threepwood and LeChuck, the the evil ghost pirate are actually brothers and um, they're, they're sort of children in an amusement park and it was sort of uh, the whole story had sort of been, you know, sort of dreamed up. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that um, how that sort of plays out now that, you know, they're, they're sort of going to pick up where that left off. Um, it, it should also be noted that uh, Murray, the aforementioned talking skull, um, was in the trailer for this new game now, he first appeared in 1997's The Curse of Monkey Island, another amazing game, uh, colloquially known as Monkey Island 3. Um, so this new title, uh, Return to Monkey Island, doesn't toss everything from uh, games released after LeChuck's Revenge into the garbage. So um, they're, they're going to do their best to try and um, uh, keep the, the events from Curse of Monkey Island into the Monkey Island canon, I suppose. So... Um, and also, um, Dominic Armato, who was the uh, the voice of Guybrush Threepwood in um, Monkey Island Three, is going to be reprising his role in Return to Monkey Island. So that's that's a really good mm. um, good point because um, he was excellent. Yeah, no, it sounds yeah. like they've got yeah <clears throat> the whole the crew's back together, I suppose, for another uh, Monkey Island adventure. So. Yeah, it should be good. See how it comes out. I know you're excited about Joel, so be looking forward to seeing what you think of the new game. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be very interested in grabbing that one. Um, hopefully, you know, they, they sort of release it across a, a range of different platforms. But if it's a PC only uh, release, I'll still I'll still yeah. jump onto jump onto Steam and pre-order that bad boy. I reckon. Join the PC master race. I think uh, the other thing <laughs> I really enjoyed about that. Did you see Ron Gilbert's tweet? So uh, he had he had no. a tweet back in 2013, and he basically said, "Look, if I ever do another Monkey Island um, video game, I'll announce it on April's April Fool's Day." And so he tweeted that in 2013, and now nine years later, on April's Fool, he's announced his mm. new game. So it's all come full circle. 
Well, and this, and this is why I had to really carefully check this yeah. uh, this one out to make sure it wasn't uh, <laughs> another another <laughs> April Fool's joke that I was going to play uh, right into. Um, but yeah, anyway, very interesting. Uh, frustratingly, uh, just after we recorded our last episode uh, and discussed uh, PlayStation's Project Spartacus, um, the the very next morning, a whole heap of news dropped um, oh. on the PlayStation blog talking about what what they're actually planning to do. And so they're now splitting up PlayStation Plus into three tiers. So, um, and of course, uh, being in Australia, we're not going to mm-hmm. uh, get access to uh, all the benefits that are enjoyed over in the US since we don't have access to any of the cloud gaming um, features of PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. However, um PlayStation Plus Essential will be like the entry-level tier. Um, So that'll have the same benefits that PlayStation Plus members are getting now, such as two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage for saved games, and probably the feature that most people would want it for, which is the online multiplayer access. Um, So for people that are currently members of PlayStation Plus, uh, there's basically no change from what you've got now to the PlayStation Plus Essential Pack. So um, they've announced pricing for the United States, Europe and all that, but it's probably no no point in going through that because it's going to be different here. Um, So then there's PlayStation Plus Extra, which uh, obviously has all the stuff from the Essential tier, but also adds a catalogue of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including Blockbuster Hits, uh, from the PlayStation Studios catalog uh, and third-party partners, so uh, games in the extra tier are downloadable for play. So you you don't need to have the cloud streaming uh, stuff for that. Um, so yeah, bit of a bit of a catalog there of, of stuff, and uh, you know the pricing jumps up accordingly. The United States pricing jumps from sixty dollars yearly to you know virtually a hundred dollars. Um, so. Uh, you know, forty dollar increase. Um, so it's probably an eighty dollar increase for Australian uh, customers. Mm-hmm. Um, so then there's also the PlayStation Plus Premium, uh, which adds up to three hundred and forty additional games, including PS3 games available via cloud streaming. So I've heard some discussion about this, and the reason that the PS3 games are only available via cloud streaming is that they've got significant difficulty trying to emulate the PlayStation 3 uh, because of the the way that the CPU was structured with this uh, sort of cell uh, threading sort of technology that was in the PS3. Um, so at the moment, they don't have uh, a really you know neat and tidy way of emulating PS3 games. Um, but because we don't get cloud streaming in Australia, we don't get access to that catalogue. However, there's also a catalogue of beloved classic games, um, both in streaming and download, of the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP. Mm-hmm. So those should be available here in Australia, is my understanding. Um, but obviously, only the download option. We won't be able to stream any of those. So uh, might be a good time to go back and you know play through some of the old classics. Your you know your Metal Gear Solids, Twisted Metal. You know some of those. Um, those really, really uh, memorable PlayStation titles from from yesteryear. So uh, should should do well to uh, scratch the old nostalgic uh, yeah, gaming itch. itch. Yeah, for sure. What do you reckon, guys? Does that sound good? 
Yeah, I think the other thing just to note on the back end of that is like we speculated last week, there's not going to be any day one title stuff on any of the tiers. So, yeah, I don't know. It's probably a question for Joel and Casey and Simon. What do you guys reckon? Are you think? Are you looking at these tiers and these options and thinking, you know, for an extra 10 bucks a month or whatever it might be, do you think, yeah, maybe it's worth lashing out on that on top of my essentials package to get access to some of these games or... Are you sort of thinking, look, you know, if you're getting all the way up to the what they're in Australia calling the the PS Plus Deluxe Edition, which is you know <laughs> the right, premium yeah. minus the PS3 games, you know, are you really that excited to go back and play PS1 games or PSP mm. games? I don't know. Not really. Not really. Not really. No. To be honest, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, I I struggle to find enough time to play through the the back catalogue of games I've currently got waiting to yeah. to play on current gen. Uh, so. Uh, you know, throwing a catalog of 400 extra mm. titles at me really is just going to be 400 new titles that I don't have time to go back and play. So, uh, it's like how much time? How much time do you have for nostalgia, really, when you have mm. so many good games mm. you can play now? <laughs> I mean, it, it might be one of these things that you might try for a month or two and just yeah. see see if it's any good. And but I can't see myself subscribing for a full year and you know taking full advantage of it mm. um i imagine yeah. you guys are probably in the same boat simon and casey yeah yeah i mean it was a real big bummer for me when um i mean obviously i i kind of half expected we wouldn't get the ps3 games in australia anyway but i mean surely a company of this of this sort of size and power would be able to just make a bloody emulator for the <laughs> PS3, like, and, and just insert that onto the system. I just don't understand how this hasn't been done yet. This is years and years ago that the PS3 come out. And I just feel like um, that it's kind of frustrating because I feel like PS3 had probably, in my opinion, one of the most memorable catalogs. I mean, PS2 as well, arguably is, is right up there, but I mean, the games that I want to go back and play are on the PS3. So am I going to bother? No. Like, <laughs> there's just nothing in it for me. So I feel like uh, um, maybe a step up just to play a couple of games that I've been on the fence about that I don't want to commit to because I could try maybe three or four different games for a price that is based off of one game, you know. But um, other than that, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a price jump yeah it's yeah. a big price jump for a bit of a low blow in the regards of the value that's actually being presented yeah so i heard i heard an interview with jim ryan the the ceo of um sony interactive entertainment in america and his argument for not following the the games pass model is that um he thinks it's unsustainable and to offer uh, you know, triple A titles from first party developers on on day one of release included in the the subscription price uh, basically means that the the quality of those games is going to suffer as a result. And um, you know, I, I mean, I suppose there's an argument to be had there. You know, that it makes it unsustainable because you'd have to imagine, like, take for example Bethesda now with their relationship with with Microsoft. So when they release Starfield and and it goes directly to Games Pass on day one, you'd have to think that Microsoft's just going to be giving them a lump sum of money and say, well, here's, I don't know, here's $50 million um, to pay you for developing Starfield. And and then, you know, uh, after that point, uh, however many people play it, well, it doesn't really matter. They've just Mm -hmm. got their lump sum from Microsoft. And I suppose in one way it's less risky for the studio because if they... If they release a game that's a hit, then 
you know, they get paid the same money that if they release a game that sucks. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like, you know, PlayStation, you know, some of their titles that are coming out, we're talking about the new God of War game. Like, they're, they're not going to have any issues moving that game. Like, that game's going to sell millions and millions and millions of copies. You know, when Xbox Game Pass sort of kicked off, it sort of came off the back that Xbox weren't really selling heaps of their own titles anyway. So it was, you know, it was more of an attractive thing to bundle things in, in one instead of, you know, being too concerned about moving one or two games. So, yeah, I sort of understand that. Um, and the other thing is I've, I've heard that a lot of the first-party Microsoft titles, so uh, games like Halo are in a pretty average state of affairs at the moment. They're not um, they're not really living up to the hype that you'd expect from from their, their big IPs, um, you know, their big intellectual properties. Yeah. So, um, yeah, who knows? But, but you know... At the same time that this has all come out, Microsoft have just announced that they've they're extending their uh, Games Pass to a family subscription pass, which can be shared with five people that don't have to be in the same household. So it's interesting that Microsoft uh, are, are you know giving people this option at the same time when companies like Netflix, which are in your cloud streaming for for movies and tv content (laughs) are about to uh prevent people from sharing passwords across households uh in an you know effort to try and raise more revenue so they're gonna be making a lot more money now netflix well yeah who knows who knows i don't know what people are gonna do yeah it's an interesting one but you know unlike (laughs) the uh the the home movie and tv show market where you're almost spoiled for choice now there's that many different providers offering streaming services um microsoft have almost got the you know pretty big monopoly on the cloud gaming uh, space if you if you'd ask me um and and yet they're still willing to make these concessions so it's an interesting move by uh Hmm. the old microsoft old uh big bill big bill yeah i mean i'm interested to see how this new tier of PlayStation Plus is sort of rolled out. I think as we've sort of discussed, you know, it's great to have a tier that gives you access to, you know, 400 PS4 games. And if, if you got the next tier, then you've got access to PS1, PS2 games. But like we said, you know, we have don't have enough time to play the games, that PS5 games that we've got. So it'll be interesting to see if they have, because my, my relationship with Xbox uh, Microsoft Game Pass has been when I haven't really had anything you know, to play or, you know, you sort of look at the list and you go, all right, I want to play this game, this game, this game. And so you get Game Pass for a month, you smash all these games out and then you cancel your subscription. And it'll be interesting to see if with PlayStation, whether, you know, if you sign up for, say, the Deluxe, whether each month to month you can sort of go back down to the essentials or whether there's some kind of... They force you to lock... You know, is there going to be that flexibility to be like, all right, I don't have too much I want to play... You know, for a week, I'm going to jump back in and play this, you know, classic my, game, and then my understanding is you can go month to month, but it is a lot more expensive. Mm. So yeah. you know, they they do it on purpose to try and discourage what you're talking about, you know, yeah. jumping back and forth between different subscription levels and that sort of thing. So yeah, because I mean, that's what I did. I remember me and my brother when Halo Five came out. You know, signed up. They had a Game Pass had a um, I don't know what it was. It was sort of some promotion. I think it was a dollar for a month or something. So you pay a dollar and then we, you know, across the weekend, we just finished Halo 5, played a couple of games and then you just cancel it. Um, 
Yeah, well. And there you go. For a dollar, you've just locked off four games or something. And then, mm. yeah, so we'll see. Interesting. Well, uh, an, another big uh, big bit of news, obviously, is the the release of Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. And uh, I think you had uh, some stuff you wanted to talk about in that regard, Ferg? Yeah, for sure. I just thought, you know, it'd be definitely worth talking about. I think Lego Star Wars and the, those Lego video games in particular are, I think, very underrated Um I think they're fantastic games and they sort of fly under the radar a bit. So, yeah, like I said, the new Lego Star Wars game, the Skywalker Saga, came out, I think it was two days ago, on the, on the 5th, I think it was. So, this is the latest one from TT Games. It covers all three trilogies, um, which is exciting. So, there's heaps of content and obviously, yeah, you know, you can play them in whatever order you want and there's a whole stack of characters to play. Um, it's been getting some pretty solid solid reviews. So across the board, it's sort of, you know, your 8 out of 10s. I think Metacritic, Metacritic it's sitting at 85 out of 100, and the user score is about pretty, the same. Pretty respectable yeah, score, really, sure. on Metacritic. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> this is a game which I don't, I'm not going to buy initially, but it'll be on a wish list, and, you know, when it starts going on sale, it's definitely one that I'll look into because I've always loved these games and spent a fair few hours playing them, and, you know, they're just, they're just fantastic games. So if you're someone out there who's just looking for something to do it, Maybe is a little bit of a lull in the gaming calendar for you. These, um, yeah, they're great games. They've got a great sense of humour. These games, and they're very. What yeah. I love about them, they're very, very self-aware. So, you know, in a Star Wars games, you know, all the jokes about you know stormtroopers can't shoot and stuff. There'll be all these different gags about that, and you know, Jar Jar Binks, for example, no one really liked him, and so I'm sure there's going to be gag running jokes about how no one likes Jar Jar Binks, and yeah, they're they're fantastic games, and they're probably really good for all ages as well so you know someone like yourself joel has got you know george is probably at the age where i reckon she'd get a lot out of this sort of game and you know yeah. if you're a, if you're a star wars fan especially they're, they're fantastic well uh, i think a couple of months ago they had the lego star wars and i think it was the the joker um oh, there's so many they've made so many games yeah it was was set in the batman universe but you had like the joker and harley quinn yeah, and okay. all, all of the the sort of suicide squad characters and um and so yeah the kids had a bit of a play through that and didn't mind that and and everything, but um, yeah, I, they're probably not as big into Star Wars, uh, much to my dismay. Um, but you know. and Mumble Mode's back as well, which is fantastic. So the original games they weren't actually voice acted, so it was this always hilarious thing where they were playing out the big scenes in different movies, but no one was really talking, so they'd have to sort of mime different things. And I always think about you know some of the Harry Potter games, like I think it's in the Philosopher's Stone when. Professor, what's his name? Quirrell runs into the the mess hall and he's warning everyone about the the ogre or whatever, the troll in the bathroom, and he's sort of like acting out. He's sort of miming this troll, and he picks up the the chicken wing, and it's like the bat of the troll. And they're just they're just great games. They just they got great sense of humor. So yeah, I think if you love Star Wars, and it looks like they've tweaked a few different things, so as far as combat and stuff like that. So I think if you yeah you're a big Star Wars fan and you're looking for something to play, then yeah, these games are great. So, yeah, uh, getting a, good reviews. It'd be an interesting one to keep the eye on, I reckon. For sure. Uh, we also had uh, a bit of a release of some uh, gameplay on, uh, obviously, Casey's new favourite title, The Quarry. Um, yes. So, uh, once <laughs> oh, again... 10 in hours the, in. Once again in the survival horror genre, um, you know, one to just really throw yourself into, turn out the lights and, um, you know, just play when you're at home by yourself, you know. Um <laughs> I, I can just imagine imagine you doing that, Casey, eh? 
Oh, I'm, I'm so far into this game already. I've pretty much finished it. So you don't even need it's to It's not even out yet. It's not even out. I've finished it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so this is a game. I think I talked about it maybe two or three weeks ago, which oh, is the, the new sort of story, choose your own adventure horror game from Supermassive Games called The Quarry. So I think, yeah. This week, they got I, some pretty big acting talent in this one. Yeah, don't they, they do. Yeah, I think I rattled off a few names: D- David Arquette. They've got a whole, um, and a lot of the people they've selected have been in a lot of horror movies as well. So, yeah, I think it was like an IGN first look. They showed basically the first thirty minutes of gameplay, which is essentially the prologue. And um, just watching it, it looks incredible. Like the graphics, it it literally looked like you're watching a movie. Um, Are we at all concerned, though, that it's a Supermassive Games title? I mean, are, are we confident that Supermassive have got the, the chops to pull off a, a really, like, A-class gaming experience, do we think? I, I think so. I reckon if they can really nail down an interesting story on this one, just from what I saw in 30 minutes, I think they're definitely on a winner. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I think originally I thought it was set in the 80s, but watching the gameplay they had mobile phones and gps and stuff like that so but yeah well in, in the 80s they would have been you know the size yeah, of a that, small suitcase yeah that's it yeah. so there is technology but it's a classic you know you're out in the forest and you've got no bars but yeah the th- in 30 minutes they basically showed everything you sort of need to know about this game and if on if it's going to be something you enjoy so very similar to until dawn it, it's it's quick time events um, where you're thrown, you've got to make split decisions. So yeah, the pro leg look, looked interesting. It just follows, you know, a couple that are on their way out to um, Hackett Quarry. Um, and a few things happen. I won't spoil anyone can go and watch this, but yeah, like I said, it looks like you're watching a movie, an interactive movie. And, and the sound was incredible. I watched it twice. And the second time around, I watched it with noise cancelling headphones and just the atmosphere and, you know, the sound of someone walking through a forest and you hear the crunch of the the leaves and just yeah i think they've Mm. they look like they're really going to nail the atmosphere and the sound and just that building of suspense so i'm getting goosebumps already yeah it it was very good i mean there was one scene in particular which i loved which they had um the couple they were having a conversation in the car and the camera angle was outside of the car and had muffled voices like you were standing outside of the car listening in and just little things like that so Mm. look i think if it's a compelling story i think they're definitely going to be on a winner it looked very good and it was proper terrifying it was yeah it was super scary oh. um, well one to uh, certainly keep the uh the eye on. eyes on wow uh so again off the back of uh the release of the sequel to the sonic the hedgehog movie um the shoe company feeler have released uh, a pair of shoes uh, based on the shoes that Sonic the Hedgehog wears called the Ray Tracer Evo X Sonic 2. Um, Simon, have you have you seen these? You're you're a pretty big uh, pretty big Sonic man. Um, yeah. heading heading down to the nearest athlete's foot to uh, <laughs> smash on a pair of Ray Tracers, are we? Or? Um, oh, look, this is the thing is that this was my dream about 20, 22 years ago. When are you going to make your own pair of I, shoes? I still have a pair. I think I've still got a no, pair. No, I think of we like, chucked them out. Did we? Yeah, because that's... I, I went one day and I bought a pair of Lacostas and I was going to bloody strip them and everything. I was, this is when YouTube was still primitive. I was going to, I was going to, you know, look up all these videos on YouTube on how to 
mod my shoes to look like Sonic shoes. I was well into it. Um, but I mean, in when Sonic Adventure 2 came out, you know, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle on the GameCube is one of my favorite games back in the day. And I just prayed that those shoes where you could grind on the rails would be a reality and that I'd just be so cool, <laughs> which sounds stupid to say now, well, being so cool wearing Sonic shoes in 2002. But I was really into it. And, and, and like, I mean, huh? no, 2002 when, when Sonic Adventure came out. But I mean, oh, um, oh, I tell you what, if I had the disposable income and I won the lottery tomorrow, I'd just buy a pair just to have them. What a thing to sit. buy with your lottery money. Oh, what's the first well, thing? Well, because I it's really like it's a small thing. Sonic <laughs> shoes. <laughs> just bought them. so expensive. And you can have them sit there and you go, oh, there's those Sonic shoes I always wish that I had that now I've got. But, I mean, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> well, strap yourselves in, because uh, uh, these these shoes. Let, let me let me just run down some of the features. We've got the embossed Feeler X Sonic Two logo on the front tongue pull and back heel tab. We have elastic webbing across upper for easy slip on. We have the Feeler Energized midsole cushioning for added comfort. Uh, we have the recycled energized sock liner and all white midsole and outsole. So, uh, pretty exciting uh, pair of kicks, uh, you know, for for the Sonic fan, the casual Sonic fan. The that they are the Ray Tracer Evo X Sonic Two. Unfortunately, I think I think they might be sold out. As far as I could tell, I couldn't find anywhere where you could buy them. So, they might be a collector. Someone's probably going to sit on them, and then when we're old and grey. We'll be going through, I don't know, Amazon or eBay or something, and there'll be the Sonic 2, what are they called? Race? Ray Tracer. Ray Tracers, and they'll be like worth a billion dollars. And we think, ah, we joked about that back then, but. Oh, (laughs) hashtag feeler style. Yeah. You just look at the size of the chunky white sole as well. And I think to myself, if I was to ever practically wear these, I would step outside the house and that chunky white sole would be black. <laughs> so it would be pointless. And then as, you, uh, as you're walking down to the letterbox, you just, you, your feet just start spinning in a circle and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta go fast. Away <laughs> you go. I actually don't think they look too bad. I mean, I was reading some of the articles and they were copping a bit of flack, you know, saying they looked like, you know, something, you know, an old lady might wear. But I reckon they look quite trendy. Well, she'd be that's, a very fast old lady if she was it. wearing it. Getting, getting to bingo very quickly. Yeah, well, maybe that's the main thing. Uh, all right, so, Simon, I'm going to hand over to you for some news regarding the delay of uh, a very important oh. title for Nintendo. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? So, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, as it's being sort of named by the public now is um, being delayed until 2023. Um, look, I saw this coming. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of just waiting for them to delay it. Um, I think it's, I don't think it's actually a developmental delay. I think this is a business decision. And uh, let me tell you why. I, um, I feel like I've been listening to lots and lots and lots of rumors over the last year that have been sort of stipulating that um, Twilight Princess or Wind Waker will come this year to fill the gap of the the yearly Zelda title. Um, I mean, those games both had a resurgence on the Wii U. I mean, for the 12 people that bought the Wii U, but um, including myself. But I mean, <laughs> um, the, 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 they are probably two of 
the greatest Zelda games. I mean, I think Wind Waker is probably one of the most underrated Zelda games of all time. And um, Casey first got me into that, which was um, really, really good. But I mean, um, Twilight so, Princess is just a no-brainer. It's such a good game. And I feel like that's going to fill the spot this you're year. Twilight Princess to the Switch. Yeah, boy, 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 boy. It's coming out this year. Oh. It's going to happen. So and just, then gonna, and then just remind be... me, um, was Wind Waker the one that really had that sort of cell shaded uh, sort of look, yeah. look yeah. to it? Yeah. yeah I don't think yeah, I ever I don't think I've ever played that. It's, it's, like a, um, it's like a sequel to sort of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. It's, it builds upon that same world, even though it looks very, very different. The whole world's flooded. It's, it's a really, really cool game, and it's it's got some legs. I think you should check it out, Joel, especially when it comes out this year. Yeah. But, I mean... Heard it here first. <laughs> all but confirmed. Yeah. Um, but Heard it here first. Really, really um, exciting, though, to think about because I have a feeling that this is also laced with something else. I think that next year, and this is, this is the talk on the town, every cat <laughs> and his dog is talking about this, so I'm surprised if you haven't heard this, is that they're going to release... Breath of the Wild 2 alongside um, either like a, a, a Super Switch or a Switch Plus. You know, it's going to be a, a new Switch, one that's been rumoured heavily for the last two years. So I have a feeling that that's going to be the way that it goes down. I mean, we were just talking, uh, I think not last week, but the week before about um, utilising artificial intelligence in order to upscale games. I feel like that's a feature that's going to be implemented in some older Switch games and to keep up with modern technology. And um, this is going to be a way for them to kind of give us a half step, but make it a little bit more native to the system and help it run better and just, just create better experiences. I mean, everyone was talking about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 when that was announced saying, this just looks incredible. How is this running on the Switch? I, I don't believe it, blah, blah, blah. It just looks too good. I just have a feeling that that's going to be a title as well that slips into that category of something that will really shine quite well on whatever the next iteration of Switch is. I don't think it's going to be like Switch 2 necessarily, but it will be this sort of half step where... Switch you know, Pro. Or- yeah, I mean, that, along those lines. And I just feel like it's a business decision because it's going to sell a system. It sold a system so well when the Switch came out. Um I mean, Breath of the Wild sold more copies than the Switch itself because it was on two platforms. And so I have a feeling that it's just going to excel whatever comes next um, into another really great decision for them. I mean, it made their stocks drop when they announced that it delayed, but whatever, that's going to just build straight back up again once all this other stuff happens. And I feel like it's inevitable now. Um, But that's me. That's all. Yeah. You, that's all I've got time to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... thanks. Thanks for that, Simon. That's uh, very good. Um, yeah, a bit disappointing to hear that the, there's a delay, but uh, I think some of the time it's probably better to have the delay than um, you know, and get a quality mm-hmm. product at the end than, oh. than to not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love a good delay. I mean, and you know, you look. It was originally pinned for holidays 2020, and there's a whole stack of games we've already talked about that'll be coming around, coming out at the same time, such as Starfield and you know Hogwarts Legacy. So, you know, they're two games oh, I'm gosh, probably yeah. going to look. So, it's going to be a busy time of the year. So the delay, you know, hopefully next year there won't be too much going on. But I mean, that's good. Just then to, we can have to actually time to play some of the other games. That's it. <laughs> One one thing that I really liked about sort of the announcement of it being delayed, obviously bad news, but the video I thought was a nice touch. I'm getting sick of gaming companies writing penning letters. Like, 
I don't know yeah. about you guys, but you know, you think Cyberpunk and I think Battlefield Two Twenty Forty Two had one, but these, you know, dear everyone, we're so sorry. Sign, pen, pen. So I think it was quite nice that they just had a you know quick simple video saying, "Look, sorry to let everyone down, but this is the reason why." Um, you know, short and simple. And I don't know. There's my rant on videos. I'm on letters rather. I'm a bit. No, but I, I agree with you, Ferg, and I think it's something that Nintendo does very well. They're very transparent about games not coming out on time and being apologetic about it and respectful about it to the community of people that are purchasing these games. I mean, they did the same thing with Metroid Prime 4 um, where, you know, everyone was hyped for this game, but they basically scrapped the entire game and, and restarted with Retro Studios back at the helm of that game. And so they came out and just said, hey, we weren't happy with it, so we're starting again. Yeah. And we're sorry, it's going to take a lot longer, but like, do you want a good game or do you want to pee in a bucket for an hour? You know, I don't, I don't I'm saying that. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what was said in that. Yeah, <laughs> sounds it sounds, highly sounds about accurate. right. Yeah. yeah, I thought the sounds video very Nintendo. I thought the vi- <laughs> very on brand. <laughs> I thought the video was a nice personal touch, as opposed yeah. to doing the letter thing. So I, I mean, bad news, but I liked the way they went about it, which was good for sure. So uh, when uh, when we first started recording uh, tonight. Uh, Ferg mentioned to me that uh, he's got this this oh, yeah. upside down steel bowl uh, on the table in front of us. Now, obviously, uh, podcasting is a, an audio medium, so uh, you know I'll, I'll have to try and describe to you. But he, he's got something hidden under this this white uh, this bowl that uh, I think he's, he's really really keen to to sort of share with me. So, uh, Ferg, if do you it's want an to... animal, it's dead by now. Yeah, that's it. You're, you're supposed to throw. We were supposed to cover this after the intros, JB. So, oh, uh... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mate. I did. I did forget. But I thought we'll, we'll cover I it now. Too. So, uh, so yeah. What can you got? share with us what, uh, what what's the go with this bowl, mate? Well, as you were quite aware, JB, yesterday was a very special day. It was uh, a member of the DG Crew's birthday. So I've been in the yes. DG Crew kitchen. Just preparing a few things. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, so we'll have yeah. a look what's under the bowl, shall we? Yeah, well, let's uh, let's have a look. Oh, we got we got a little birthday cake. Uh, so we've got a, a little cupcake and a, a candle. Uh, Ferg's lighting the candle now. Thank you very much. Happy Ferg. birthday, JB! Oh, from on behalf uh, of the happy, D- happy birthday, JB. You're the host of our show. Enjoy your cake. Blow the candle out with a fart. All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah, all right, well, I'm not going to blow it out with a fart because then, then it'll be inedible. Oh, I just uh, thought that would be on brand. Happy for you, birthday, Joel, JB. So. Yeah, I, I prefer my cake without pink eye, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> as, a, as a follow-up. But uh, no, thank you very much, Ferg. That's very thoughtful of my you, mate. My pleasure, mate. Uh, that's, uh, that's really nice. That's sort of taking me by surprise there. There uh, you go. I don't know what to say. Uh, well, it's time for this week's novelty segment, uh, which this week is Games We Want a Sequel or Remake to. Let's face it, baby. These days, you gotta have a sequel. And, uh, <laughs> and so I'm going to kick things off. Um, and and this is oh, this has been a bugbear for me for a, a long, long time. But uh, I, I'm a big fan of the old LucasArts uh, point-and-click adventure games. And one of the very best that they ever released was Sam and Max Hit the Road. We're going to carry on and plan the sequel. And, uh, you, know, um, it, it, you know, it came out. It was such a good game. 
Um, like it had so many great characters in it, apart from you know Sam and Max themselves. Um, you know, you had Conroy Bumpus and uh, and the the villains there. You had the the Bruno, the Bigfoot, and Trixie, and you had so many characters. It was such a, a rich game in terms of all the environments and all the places you could go and visit. And um, after the after they released it, uh, th- there really wasn't any proper sequel to it. And then Telltale Games bought the rights to it and released something that I, I can't even describe it as a sequel. It was just it was just an absolute pile of shit. And uh, <laughs> you know, I think I, what I don't understand, like with the point and click adventure games, like they work well in this sort of two D format, and they go and 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 completely ruin it by by making it into this three D environment. It completely lost the 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 vibe uh, of the original game, so you know, with that one, I would uh, tip it in the old dumpster and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, which unfortunately that that probably a lot of Telltale's games would would certainly uh, fit that. I'm I'm not a huge fan of theirs uh, in any way, but uh, yeah, Sam and Max hit the road. Give us a give us a, a fully fleshed out sequel. Get the original people back involved again. Get the original voice talent, and let's have a, a new adventure that that follows uh, the the freelance police uh, across the country again. Uh, what do you reckon, guys? Yeah. When did the original come out? I reckon it was early nineties. Nineties. Um, and yeah, just as as a as a kid during that time, it just absolutely captured my imagination it was it was in amongst some some absolute crackers uh, like you had day of the tentacle which was a mm. a sequel to the original maniac mansion which was a commodore 64 title would you believe um and uh, that was that was amazing you had uh, indiana jones and the fate of atlantis which was another amazing point and click adventure game uh, from LucasArts. Um, they were just releasing one banger after another. Um, yeah, I think the the last one um, that I can really remember that sort of capped off that that era was probably Grim Fandango. Um, another really great game, but that was when they made the transition from a two D format to a three D format. But it was still an original sort of idea, and and that was still an amazingly uh, great game. Um, and then I think. Um, uh, I mean, you pointed out yourself, Ferg, that mm. Day of the Tentacle since been uh, remastered by Double Fine Games and released for you know phone and tablet. So, yeah. uh, I mean, if you guys can uh, can get a hold of that one, that that is absolutely worth uh, downloading and and playing through again because uh, it, that's that's a classic as well. Yeah. Um, all right. <clears throat> so that's. Well, that's the game I'd want a sequel or uh, remake to. Uh, what about you, Simon? Oh, I t- tell you what, Joel, and this one comes courtesy of you, mate, because uh, it was the summer of sometime great, and we were we were down in Millicent. You were down uh, with uh, my beautiful sister and your beautiful wife for Christmas, and this year you decided that we were going to take a drive to the mountain. We were going to pick up. Um, just a game that we like the look of. And I mentioned to you that I liked Burnout. And we, there it was, Burnout Revenge, looking at us in the face, staring us in the mouth, 
and you were like, hey, let's just get this. And I was like, but thanks yes. for these days, you gotta have a sequel. <laughs> I mean, and you know what's funny is that we we smashed this game. We loved it. I, even Ferg was saying he's had some fond memories playing it uh, down in Millicent. It was just such a good game. It had the crash mode. It had, mm. um, you know, the takedowns from, you know, Burnout 3. It had all this other great stuff, great tracks. It was a really great arcade racer, fun to play, great controls. Um, and then they released Burnout Paradise. And I was just like, well, you know, what are you guys doing? Like, what's happening at the end of the day? Why, why are you going to do this to me? Why are you going to ruin everything that was so good about such a good game? Um, and so what I'm dying for, and they've already done this with Burnout Paradise, which I don't understand why, because in my opinion, it's probably the most bland of the entire Burnout series. And I mean... That's saying a lot considering Burnout 1 was pretty bland. But, I, I mean, I just want them to remaster and re-release Burnout Revenge. Give me my crash mode. Are you Give me carry my kick on and soundtrack. And <laughs> <laughs> it needs that kick and soundtrack. You know, there was some bangers on there. One of my favourite bands of all time, Maximo Park, was on that mm-hmm. soundtrack. And that's how I actually found out about the band. I mean, there's Block Party on there. It's just, yeah. It was kicking. It was kicking and they just need to bring it back. Yeah, I amazing think, game. I got fond memories of as of that game as well, Simon. I remember you introduced me to that one, and the amount of hours we played playing that game on your parents' couch, and just yeah, I think I bought it myself as well on Xbox. But yeah, like you said, that's got one of the best gaming soundtracks as far as you know trademark music. But yeah, you know it was the Yellow Card, Comeback Kid. <coughs> yeah, like you said, Maximo Park. I just had an unreal soundtrack, and and that crash mode yeah. where you're just sort of flying down the hill and you're just trying to cause as much damage as well so much fun so yeah what about you casey what uh, what game would you like to see a sequel or remake to oh i'd love to see a remake of the infamous games the face these days you gotta have a sequel <laughs> simon actually introduced me to the infamous series um long long time ago and i just fell in love with them they're just so incredible and it was so much fun so for the and listeners for the listeners who may not be familiar with the infamous uh, series of games uh, do you want to take us through uh, the the premise the the idea oh gosh yeah I, i've got a I, I played it that i reckon it would have been about seven years ago i played it so i've got a very <laughs> vague memory of it i just remember loving it but it's about oh, a character called cole Cole McGrath. McGrath. I can sorry. tell you all about it. I know, so I've, got you... a, I've got a memory of a bloody sponge. No, but Cole McGrath, and he's got—he's a conduit, so he's got these yeah. superpowers. Electricity. <laughs> yeah. And pretty much the game, you have to make decisions throughout the game. So if you want to try and save someone or you want to use your powers for evil, pretty much. So the way that you sort of play the game, just you determines your path if you want to be evil or if you want to be good. And... Um, I don't know. It was just amazing. Uh, everything about it. And then number, we also play number two as well. Yeah. And then what was on the PlayStation four? One of the launch games was the infamous second son. So it wasn't following quite Cole McGrath's story anymore because the way it ended, I won't. <laughs> spoiler alert. You either. Don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm going to spoil it for no, you. Come on. We're going to carry on and plan the sequel. <laughs> I know I can say it. He dies if you play as a good character. If you play as the you know as the good path, he sacrifices himself to, and he kills himself at the end to sacrifice himself to save 
save the world. You know the drill. But on the evil path, he sides with the bad guy at the end and... Um, he absorbs the power of the bad guy. He absorbs the power and he the becomes the bad guy hey, pretty bad much. Guy. Then... <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So, yeah, so I never actually played the whole game series as evil because I really like... Because I think it's mainly designed for you to play it as a good... Because that's the best sort of storyline oh. as the good character. Shush. <laughs> This is mine. Let me just talk for a second. <laughs> anyway, I really loved it. And Second Son, when it came out on the PS4, I was so excited for it. And it, it, it was all right. I just followed a new conduit, a new character in their sort of journey with their powers sort of thing. Yeah, it was all right. I, I don't know. I wouldn't really call it the best sequel ever, but I'm just, I really would love those first two games on the PS3 to be remastered. Well, you know, you know what? Let's face it, baby, these days, you gotta have a sequel. You gotta have a sequel. <laughs> you gotta have a sequel, exactly man. Where, where is that sound from? Sequel. You gotta have a oh, sequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone hasn't played it, honestly, it's it's two of the best games I've ever played. And I can't, I keep saying to Simon, let's just plug the PlayStation 3 in. And I just want to play it. And he's oh. like, no, it's going to, they're going to be, re- we're going to be remade. Well, you wouldn't it. have to you play know, the PlayStation t- 3 in if we had cloud gaming available in Australia. Yeah, so, uh, exactly right. And Joel, thanks, this is another game thanks, where Sony. we actually have you, <laughs> we actually have you to thank for, for coming across this game because I remember some years ago when there was the big, you know, the big PlayStation network. I think it was a hacking or a failure of the network that happened quite a while back. Yeah, um, yeah I remember. You got two free that. games. Yep. Yeah. You got two free games. One of them was Wipeout, and oh my God, what a game. But <laughs> the other one was Infamous. And I mean, you were just, I don't know, I, I, was, I hijacked your PS3, I think, more times than I could imagine. <laughs> and Infamous was one of the games that I just was like, oh yeah, I'll download this because you've already bought it. And so I downloaded it and Oh, froth. Froth heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Let's face it, baby. These days, you got to have a sequel. <laughs> You've got it. You got it. You just got it. You just got it. Yeah. I'd love to see um a new infamous game on the PS5. Even if, yeah, anything new from them, but... Sucker Punch. Well, what, a, what a studio. What are Sucker Punch doing these days? What are they Ghost working on? Shima. Ghosts of Tsushima. Ah, yeah. Oh my god, I can never say it. Ghosts of Tsushima. Oh, never Tsushima. heard of it. <laughs> what? I'm, jo- I'm joking. What? Oh my god, <laughs> you got me so good. Yeah. I was about to be like, you know what, what that was, you, Simon? What are you doing? Yeah. That was a burn, maybe burn. <laughs> Ferg, uh, what what game would you like to see a sequel or remake to? What would what would make the Sultan of Steam? You know, jump online and uh, place pre-order, that pre-order. Pre- place the pre-order. Um, yeah, so the game <laughs> game I'd love to see, it probably ticks both boxes as far as getting a full-blown remaster, but probably more than anything, looking for a sequel is is the game Bully. We're going to carry on and plan the sequel. <laughs> which was which was a Rockstar game, so they they obviously developed and published it, and just as, never heard of them. Just never heard of them. Nah, sorry, no. <laughs> sorry, I'll see myself out. Just just a, <laughs> just a just a very quick side note. Um, some more news that we didn't cover is they've just talked about releasing Max Payne a remaster for one and two, which again 
amazing games. Fond memories of playing them on the Xbox back in the day. They just, you know, had a great story and uh, the old you, back to bullet time, hey? Yeah, a bit of bullet time, but I just loved those stories how it was sort of that inner dialogue Man. that he has with himself which sort of tells a story which is just those, fantastic. Well, uh, I don't know if I ever played the sequel to Max Payne, but I, I definitely played the original. Yeah. And that the storyline for that was so dark so, and yeah. so twisted. Yeah. Like uh yeah, that'll leave you with nightmares, that one. Yeah, for sure. But Sorry, yeah. But the segue back to the game that I'd love to see a, a sequel for or even a remaster would be great is another game developed similarly by Rockstar, and that's Bully. Yeah. So, so tell us tell us about Bully because, uh, you know... Let's face it, baby, these days, you got to have a sequel. So Bully, Bully was a, it was a single-player sort of adventure story which followed the... He uh, was like a, a juvenile delinquent student called Jimmy Hopkins who gets shipped off to um, uh, it's called Bullworth Academy was sort of this real preppy private school so uh. I, I can't remember I think he was being suspended from his school and he, his I think his mum and her new partner were off on a honeymoon that weirdly was going to last a year or something so he gets shipped off to <laughs> Bullworth Academy and he's basically you know this drop kit and the whole basis around the story is you're sort of climbing the social ranks to get to the top and essentially end bullying in the school. Um, oh, okay. So you are you playing the role of the bully? You or? are. You are, yeah. But you're trying to end bullying at yeah, the school. Yeah, in a weird way. So you're sort of, you know, putting the jocks in their place and all this sort of stuff. is, And that's sort of how it works. And um, Yeah, right. It's sort of split between playing around the school where you go to classes and do different things as well as, you know, skipping school and there's a, a local town which you sort of frequent and stuff like that. So, yeah, this one was released a while ago now. I think it was originally released on PS2 back in the day, which was in 2006. Okay, wow. yeah. yeah, but I didn't play it until a couple of years later on the Xbox 360 when they released, which they called a remaster at that point, but really it was just a port with maybe a few changes, which was called the, the Scholarship Edition. So, um, yeah, this game was great fun. It was a bit controversial when it came out. Just, again, it was very, it came around, around the same time as sort of the GTA San Andreas it would have been at that time. So it had very, you know, similar con- subject matter. And I remember at the time it was sort of banned in a few places and it had an R18 because you essentially, you know, a kid at school who's sort of armed. Like the weapons were things like slingshots and firecrackers and you're just you know causing all sorts of a ruckus so it caused a bit of a a stir when the game came out but um yeah since you know 2008 2009 there's been so many rumors of you know they're working on a remaster they're working on a sequel and you know people being reported saying oh yeah i've been contacted to do the music score and then 2017 they were casting for a new thing and then it came out that rockstar had been working on it for you know a year and a half and got canned but so for the last 10 or whatever years, it's just been, the rumor mills have been going crazy, but that game was so much fun. And yeah, I'd love a, re, a full-blown remaster where they sort of got all the jankiness out of it and maybe fleshed it out a bit. But I reckon a, a sequel would be unreal. I reckon it'd do quite well. So at the risk of, of showing my age here, this this actually reminds me of a, a game that used to be on the Commodore 64 called School Days. Hmm. And you played the role of like a, a kid at school and, and you could sort of, walk around from classroom to classroom. Uh, there was a kid called Einstein. He had this massive head. Um, and, uh, you know, the, I think the the object of the game seemed to be that you had to get the other kids in trouble. So, like, you know, you'd, you'd shoot Einstein with your slingshot and then, and then you'd quickly bugger off out the classroom and the teacher would turn around and blame some other kid and, you know, get him in trouble. And 
Um, yeah, it was sort of, I guess, similar sort of premise, but yeah. but obviously back in the uh, back in the old Commodore days, it was uh, fair, fairly basic in terms yeah. of how it all played out. But uh, yeah, so I think you, could, I mean, this, I think I'm pretty sure it's on Steam, so it's available to play. But yeah, it was just so much fun, yeah. and you know, coming from you know Rockstar, it was very similar to Grand Theft Auto. I think it was like made with the same gaming engine, and it was just so much fun, and you know playing it at that time you know i was still pretty young so sort of a bit of a wasn't that high, far out of high school so a lot of relatable content and stuff like that so yeah but you're basically this yeah essentially a bully who just causes all kinds of a ruckus and yeah great fun so definitely definitely worth a sequel that one you know i think it was pretty popular and since it's come out it's gained a bit of a real cult following so well watch this let's face it baby these days you gotta have a sequel <laughs> What is that from? Yeah, what is that from? I don't know. Uh, it's from the movie Scream. Oh, I see. Oh my god! I have yeah. seen that, but I don't remember the soundbite. I'll look. Well, I'll have to look you up. know, on that note, uh, that's probably all we got time for this week on the Discerning Gamer. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to the DG crew. Uh, firstly, um, and a special, very special thank you to uh, Fergus Fergamon Hamilton, especially for. Uh, the little birthday cake that he's uh, kindly prepared for me. So thanks very much, Ferg. Very well. You're very welcome, JB. Happy birthday for yesterday. Thank you very much, mate. And uh, also, I'd like to say a big thank you to uh, Simon Steely McLaughlin. Thanks, Steely. Thank you so much, Joel. Every year you have a birthday is another year you are my brother-in-law. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's uh, not a, not awesome. a weird... And uh, last but not least, uh, I'd uh, also like to thank uh, Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. And um, oh, hang on, Simon's walking over again. Uh, Simon, please, please, no. Ah! Keep my wife's name out your f-ing mouth. Okay, sorry, sorry, mate, sorry. Thanks, Simon, for, thanks for so rude. Oh my god! Thank you for being on the show, Casey. Yeah, we couldn't have done it without it's you. All right, I've just yeah, thank you for having me, Simon. Up now, I've just he's out of the room now. It's fine. I no, I you're out. Academy. Go away. I quit the academy. I'm out of here. <laughs> Doctor Mark Fresh Prince out. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. He's absolutely gone. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, we are Discerning Pod on Twitter. We are the Discerning Gamer on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to drop us a line, we are Discerning Gamer Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you'd like to leave us a review, leave us a uh, five star review and uh, make, it a, make it a good one. We, we do appreciate it all. And we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye.